0: Am I Reister or am I wrong with my main man? You know who it is, Ralph Amston. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your energy. Lot on track today. First thing, Bill Belichick. His awareness, if it were on Madden, would be rated 99 right now. After he declined to accept the Presidential Medal of Freedom, James Harden gets traded to Brooklyn, and the countdown begins for the implosion. Airbnb won't let people stay in D.C. for the inauguration. And the irony in censorship outrage is that free market people are only free market people when it doesn't cost them anything. And Eric Bienemy may not get a job. And Ben Shapiro trends. But it's not even for what he said. It's for how he got absolutely roasted by somebody else. (laughs) Um, So, Ralph, oh, first thing is this is right, or wrong. The intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up. No BS is allowed because we keep it 100 all the time. You guys, make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can shoot us an email. I'm mad, at, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com. Tell a friend, subscribe, all of that. Listen to us on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast, me Monday through Friday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82, 8 p.m., 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern Time, and on Fox Sports Radio Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific. So, Ralph, I guess we'll start with the biggest news of the day. James Harden gets traded in like a huge package deal to the Brooklyn Nets, and to me, well, actually, what was your reaction to it first thing when you saw the news?
1: I'm still processing it because I just I think the first thing that hit me is, you know, what's enough? Because I, I feel like we're a perpetually dissatisfied people and he's got a two hundred fifty million dollar plus Adidas deal. Um, You know, he's he's got he turned down a two year hundred million dollar extension with Houston um, you know he's had Russell Westbrook uh, with him he's had Chris Paul with him now he had John Wall and Boogie with him and like, he what's didn't en- want him no like what's enough what's enough to make you satisfied and the cynic in me starts to think well you know what's good for business is a rebrand right is is he really all about winning are you able to push your pride aside and say I'm not it this can't be done with me as the centerpiece and put yourself in a situation where you need to go get championships or is this just good for the brand overall? You know how I feel about James Harden. I, this is an entertainment league for me, probably because I don't have any experience watching a team that I like win a championship. So I like the people that I like to just fill up the stat line. He does that. Oh, he's God. interesting off the court. Oh, I, how
0: is he interesting? Dude, he is a, We're talking opposite. about him right now. It's the opposite of everything I stand for. I want to talk about him because I'm disgusted. Like He's the – okay, I believe in my heart of hearts, I believe that – his effort the last six, seven, all seven or eight games, however many he played this season, has been below average. Can can you agree with that? After he went for 44 and 15 or whatever nonsense he yes. did, he has been struggling. It's not he's been – it's it's effort. You can control your energy and your effort. So he's been piss poor. And, and I believe that Damian Lillard, that Russell Westbrook, that – Steph Curry, LeBron James, all this, that they would rather die, like literally fall down dead, than give the type of effort that that he gave. I, I thought it was just a disgrace to the game. I thought that he was, it was just gross to me. And I'm like, how can you be a fan of this dude? Like, I don't under, Ralph, how can you like watching him play knowing that he gives, that he doesn't give you everything that he has? I've never understood James Harden fans. Okay. Well, first of all, you've never liked James
1: Harden. So the fact that he hasn't given full effort for the last six, seven games, plus not getting ready for the season, um, it, it is putting you in a position to be like, see, (laughs) and that's not like that's not what it is for me he's been giving a ton of effort and and in his head as he as he not so eloquently said i don't know what more i can do and this isn't like a foreign situation to me either Barkley started to show up out of shape in Phoenix in the mid-90s and forced to trade to uh, to Houston. Everybody always talks about you know Charles Barkley maybe being the greatest Phoenix son of all time. He was only there for four years. And then he went to the team that they had a 3-1 lead on twice in Houston. Uh, you know, Everyone talks about Kevin Durant doing this, but Charles yeah. Barkley definitely did him. first. He did. And so then he went to Houston, and by that time he's kind of broken down, and it was a little bit too late for him, plus Jordan was back. So, you know, it – I don't know, man. I again, he is had, had even had he not developed into the type of scorer that he's become. When he came out of Arizona State University, he was one of the best passers I had ever witnessed as a basketball player. I enjoy that part of his game. I hope Brooklyn just lets him run the point.
0: Oh, I mean, God. No, what are you talking about? They can't, dude. He's dribble, dribble. Imagine him just kicking the ball out to Kevin Durant to spot up for threes. Dude, he's not built to play basketball like this. And I, okay, so do you think that it's a character issue, the fact that he didn't give full effort these last few games? Because I see it as the complete opposite. And truthfully, I am counting down the days. It it, it it may not even be months. It may be days until this doesn't work in Brooklyn. And, and then what is he gonna do? Brooklyn just gave up their next eight draft picks in terms of first rounders and then pick swaps. For this dude, you and you like I am on the countdown. So how many months until you know he's upset with Kevin Durant? Because remember, him, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant were friends in Oklahoma city. And then he can't work with Russell Westbrook cause Russell Westbrook demands too much of him. Like, and, and, and then you got dysfunctional Kyrie. How does this work?
1: It works as long as Kyrie stays on his vision quest or whatever he's got going <laughs> on. As long as Kyrie is off helping people run for city council or at his sister's birthday party or whatever else he wants to do. I think it works as long as Kyrie's not in the building. I'm not sure how the two of them are going to be able to work together. I think Kevin Durant can play with anybody. I think think that's the thing that makes Kevin Durant so special is he enhances every single situation that he is in. It's hard for me to say that Kevin Durant is underappreciated because that argument that we've been having for the last five years before his Achilles popped of is he better than LeBron James – And I I don't think we've ever seen anybody like Kevin Durant, and I don't think anybody can just fit into a situation and make it better quite like Kevin Durant. Uh, And so I I don't have an issue with him and James Harden, even though James Harden is a completely different player than the last time those two were on the court together, which is like almost a decade ago now. But when you when you introduce Kyrie Irving into any situation. Man, it's like uh, I, I I don't know. It's like horseradish or something. Like there's a couple of things that horseradish enhances or makes better, but for the most part, it just takes over the whole flavor profile. And so I, I just don't know how anything, regardless of whether they got James Harden or not, I don't know how anything works with Kyrie Irving. At
0: exactly, all. dude. He is the guy who reads half a book and then thinks he's a damn genius. Um, a guy who is a genius though, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was supposed to be awarded the presidential medal of freedom by Donald Trump. And he said, quote, recently I was offered the opportunity to receive the presidential medal of freedom, which I was flattered by out of respect for what honor represents and admiration for prior recipients recipients. Subsequently, the tragic events of last week occurred and the decision has been made not to move forward with the award. And so, and I thought that Bill Belichick dodged a bullet because he had been friendly with Donald Trump. So, but that was one where he was like, nah, bro. I don't know whether it personally offended him like it did some other people where it turned them off of him or whether he was just like, you're not going to rope me into your mess, homeboy.
1: No, I think, I think that a line has been crossed. I just saw something come across my Twitter page that said that 5,000 Arizonans have switched their party affiliation from Republican to either independent or Democrat or green or whatever else there is um, and I'm one of them in the last uh, in the last six days 5,000 people in the last six days and I'm one of them I think it was a breaking point for a lot of people you saw ten Republicans cross party lines on the congressional side, on the representative side to uh, vote for impeachment. Um, You're seeing a bunch of people in his own cabinet come out and express disgust. You're seeing uh, Geraldo Rivera come out and say, I I think I I was wrong. Um, You know, I I think, I think that this is, this is real. This is more than just cancel culture. So for Bill Belichick to come out and say, I don't think this is the right time for this. I don't necessarily think this is the appropriate time. I respect that. My personal feelings on the Medal of Freedom overall, I'm a bit ambivalent. I think it's weird. I don't want to be like England at all. I don't want to have, uh, I don't want to knight our best actors and artists and everything like that. <laughs> you know, I, I just want, I, I want people to be able to speak for themselves without the government stepping in and saying, um, oh, wh- who, who just got a, a Medal of Freedom? Annika Sorenstam? Yeah, a- yeah Annika.
0: Source, a golfer, like, what What did you do?
1: Right, well, I mean, she's a great golfer and everything like yeah. that, but, like, you that can stand on its own. That doesn't need, like, a government, the equivalent of a <laughs> taxpayer-funded high five. So I, I'm weirded out by the whole, like, uh, what feels like idolatry of any situation, what feels like hero worship, star worship, anything like that. And so, you know, I, I would have been pretty ambivalent regardless, but I think under these circumstances... Everything Bill Belichick said made sense to me. All his actions make sense to me. I think he's doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, it, he dodged it. like So with everything, the temperature of the country and everything else, Bill Belichick would have been a moron to go get that, that presidential fe- uh, medal of freedom. Yes, it's a high honor. Yes, it's pretty cool because nobody else you know has one, and you can show it off, but at the end of the day, Oh my god, the the backlash from your players backlash from anything and 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 that's even if he was still in alignment with Trump, which which like you said, a lot of people have broken from that. So I was like, oh boy, that awareness is on absolute max. Um, so staying on the presidential side for a second, Airbnb, they will not let people stay in DC for the inauguration. Oh, this is this is big tech overreach again. Right, Ralph? I think to them, it's credible threat. I
1: I don't know if you watch the there's about a five and a half minute speech that the president just put out. Um, And I I know when people hate when people talk about the president's tone, what did what did he put it out on is the question? On the POTUS Twitter, on the White House official um, Twitter. So he still has access to to social media. Um, But it was a five and a half minute speech. And and, and I think you only give a speech like this if you're him for one of two reasons. One, you don't want to get impeached. You don't want to be convicted in your impeachment because he's already been impeached for the second time. Or two, the intelligence community has come to you and said like, hey, these January 19th, January 20th things, those are credible. They're very, very credible. We didn't take it as seriously as we should have last time around, and people went hunting for Mike Pence in the halls of the Capitol. Yeah. This time, we need to take the exact same players saying the exact same thing seriously. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't think it's a big tech overreach. I'm iffy on it. I mean, I, I think, I, I think you know, canceling for everybody is really the only way that you can say that we're we're. Not targeting conservatives, but if there's going to be some type of big pro, if everyone knows what you're going to go there for, and they're not going to open up the inauguration to have a big crowd the way they did the last, uh, and a a big crowd (laughs) the last time, (laughs) I I don't know. Everything feels really weird and really spooky,
0: um, but I, I, I think it's probably the right move. Yeah, I think it's the right move too because you don't want to have blood on your on your hands, and especially if you know that people are that they're not going to have a big crowd all of that and you know there are threats and and probably I would imagine that the government has gone to them and said all right here is how people are planning to do it cuz you know the SAS is listening in they're they're on their um on their telegrams on what whatever apps that they're using right well, now so a, they know this, what's happening this is the least
1: undercover insurrection attempt in history these people live streamed the whole thing they had absolutely no respect for the level of trouble they could get in or
0: their privacy oh they didn't give a damn no and and now they're getting snatched off of airplanes which which does make for good television um but the irony in this whole thing is because the the reason why i asked about big tech censorship is because people are talking about oh they're outraged they're they're outraged that this is overreached by facebook and twitter and all of this. But and it's funny to me, like, because it's so ironic that free market people, and mind you, I'm a free market person, but, uh, but I, I, I understand at the same time that we also have socialistic principles in our society where we bail out airlines, we bail out industry, when banks, when they're quote unquote too big to fail. But f- American families, no, you, you, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But it's ironic that free market people and people who are are, you know, preach that are only free market people when it doesn't cost them anything because they said they've called Facebook. They've called Twitter, everybody else into Congress, into the Senate. Oh, how are you going to regulate your platform from cyberbullying and this and that? And now it's big tech outreach. I mean, outrage. And I'm just like, really? Weren't y'all the same people that said the other thing? I think the debate's worth having of I think the, the debate's
1: always worth having of of are we on the right track as a society? Are we doing the right thing? Are we making sure that certain groups aren't held to a different standard than than other groups? I think all of those things are really important discussions to have. I think the context of this one is is really important to remember that there are a lot of conservatives who want the government in some way to step in and impose regulations that help protect them and stem the ability for corporations to run their corporation how they see fit when that same energy wasn't kept up when it was a healthcare fight that same energy isn't kept up when people are trying to make sure that utility companies are taking care of their customers. That same energy wasn't kept up for a long time when it came to tobacco or casinos or alcohol, right? Like it, it everybody wants a company to have ultimate freedom to conduct its business the way that it wants to unless the way that company conducts business infringes upon you in some way shape or form but I personally feel like a lot of these people that are crying that they feel censored are all people who these platforms allowed to come up Facebook yes, and th- that, yeah Facebook and Twitter Facebook and Twitter have created more conservative millionaires than
0: anything yes anything. Than like, the stock market, maybe like Candace Owens would have no voice if it weren't for Twitter, Tommy Big. Lauren, yes, Brandon Who? Tatum, the Hodge twins. I know the name of
1: uh, Matt Walsh, like, I know the name of probably 50 conservative talking heads off the top Charlie of my head. Kirk. All of the, yeah, and, and, Charlie I'm Kirk, like,
0: yeah. and but but also, here's the truth is that the when they get called conservatives, it makes me upset, it bothers me. Because I'm a person with generally conservative, what people would call conservative views. Right. But like, but I don't agree with them. Like, I, <laughs> that's the funny part about it is that this conservative thing has turned into like this right wing, like that, that conservative means that I can just be an asshole that I don't have to respect other people's feelings and thoughts and all of this stuff and try to be a good human being. That it's just like, it's my way or the highway. I know what's best. Like it's so frustrating to try to get thrown in that bucket, but then I damn sure don't want to be thrown in a liberal bucket either. So I'm like, I'm like you, I am non registered as either Democrat or Republican, but I promise you this. I, I mean, I vote for people who can, Who can win? Like, I'm not going to vote for a third party because I know that that person can't win. But if that person could win, then yes, I would. But it's just frustrating for me because I vote for whoever I believe is going to best represent me, my family, my values, all of that. And But yeah, the idea that they're being censored. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're being censored, but you have a giant megaphone to cry about how much you're being censored. I think
1: the one place that you do have to give some credence to the idea of censorship is when you have like 5 to 10,000 people in your mentions telling you to go away or tagging Twitter and saying, take this platform away from them. And then if it happens for even a justified reason, you turn around and say, oh, they gave in to the mob. The mob is real. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. The mindset of wanting to... The mindset of thinking that if you rid a platform of a certain way of thinking, that that way of thinking dissolves into thin air is galaxy-brained, right? It's, It's absurd. They will always find places and ways to congregate. It is completely within your purview to keep scrolling if you don't like something. You don't have to jump in, tag Twitter, tag Jack Dorsey, tag Mark Zuckerberg, and say get rid of these voices. Because then, when Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg have to step in to get rid of a voice for actually violating the terms of service, it just makes it seem like those people gave into um, the, the the public outcry. Yeah, it's like just you, you mind your own mind your own business, stand for what you stand for, stand yep. for what you stand for, and let that be enough.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm a person I believe that that the keep on scrolling thing is real that you should say all right I don't agree with that but there's somebody who wants to uh, hear it okay cool what whatever but I do think that there has to be some limit on that there has to be some regulation that there has to be adults in in the room that you can't just let the kids run free and play otherwise stuff stuff happens like you can't run into an airport and yell fire or a movie theater and yell fire. There are repercussions for that. Funny thing though, Ralph, when I was like nine years old, we were flying out out of Memphis, Tennessee. We were at the airport. Mind you, this is before 9-11. You can walk all the way to the gate, everything. I told, um, the lady at the counter asked if we had anything and I was like, yeah, yeah, uh, we got a bomb. Dude, my mom, the lady was like, excuse me? And my mom was like, no, he's joking. And my mom literally popped me in my mouth at that moment. And that's what, that's essentially what Twitter's doing. They're like, no, shut your ass, shut up. Don't come over here with that, man. I mean, because I'm, I believe that people should be able to express their views and voices. But when it comes to inciting riots, uh, public mistrust, which we've seen has been so damaging to our country in general. I think that you have to moderate it on some level. The question is, where's the line though? What about the what aboutism,
1: right? So I, I keep hearing from all of my friends that I've been texting back and forth with, from some of the people that, that I've talked to on the phone and definitely on social media that, you know, what about violence on the other side? What about violence for other causes? And I think my reply to that is I just haven't seen it pushed In the very specific way that it was pushed
0: leading up to January 6th, I think had a big difference in, in fighting for social justice and marching and granted, I'm not in favor of the looting, burning down cities. I've never been in favor of that, but people marching and being upset about it. Yes, I'm in favor of that. But there's a big difference between social injustice, people getting killed and having outrage at that. And being upset because you can't accept the results of a damn election. Dude, stop. Cry me a river.
1: And one of the things that, that, that I hear from, from a lot of conservative talking heads in, 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 uh, in specific relation to social justice issues is that the people who are marching are misinformed. And that's the reason that they're marching. Um, but for some reason, those same people can't wrap their head around the idea that the thing that they believe
0: about the other side might be (laughs) happening to them. Exactly. That's, that's truly funny, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're, they're misinformed. Yeah. Okay. It's only misinformation until it matters to you. You know what I mean? Until something happens in your, you know, in your camp or your neck of the woods. Um, next thing up. Okay. Actually, We will finish with Eric B B enemy, but since we're on conservative talking heads who are being censored, let's go to Ben Shapiro. So Ben Shapiro has been defending you Kata, who stormed the Capitol. I don't know if that's fair.
1: I feel like he's been I I feel like he has been pretty out there with saying, like, all violence is wrong in, in yeah. every oh, okay.
0: circumstance. Okay, well, well. this tweet says something different than, than that. Here's what Ben Shapiro said. Well, actually, Lauren Wolf said, do regular humans actually buy zip ties? Have you ever bought a zip tie? If so, what did you use it for? Literally every human I know owns zip ties. This is like Pauline Kale on steroids. Ralph, how many zip ties do you own at your house? I have a, um, I have a,
1: a really cheap greenhouse mm-hmm. that came with some tiny green zip ties to keep the shelves on, but they're like three inches long and uh, they broke, all of them broke immediately. I don't have them anymore. And so I, I do not own any zip ties for just everyday use that I know of that didn't come with a product that needed them for, for functionality.
0: Okay. I have zip ties at my house, different size zip ties. Oh, I I have zip ties. Like, so he's right. Like I have zip ties at my house. Like there's no question about, about that. However, the zip ties that the people in the Capitol were rolling with, these things were freaking like inch and a half thick, like the, and they're the police ones. They're the quick zips. Like they're they're not regular zip ties. Like these are the I, ones that police use for big crowd handcuffs. Like that nobody where would has you,
1: those. Where would you buy them? I have literally no idea where you would even where you would even go to get Google, something like that. Google,
0: and then you would have to you know f- explain to and and you probably have to buy them in Bitcoin. I mean, how are you supposed to get him without ending up like on a no fly list or people, you know, or the end that'll get you rung up and uh, examined all the time. Like they're going to be like, yo, what is up with this dude? Okay, but okay, so that was Ben Shapiro's response, but that's not what made him trend. This is the reply, is what made him trend. Ralph, um, for the people listening on. The podcast, do you want me to read it or do you want to read it?
1: I'm like, a, I'm ai I already, I had a pleasure of reading this out loud to my okay. wife. So I'll let you read Mike Drucker's response to Ben Shapiro.
0: Ben, usually I joke, but I'm going to come at this. Honestly, there's a big difference between zip ties being carried by paramilitary forces invading the Capitol and zip ties being carried by your wife. So she can tie you to a chair and make you watch her have sex with other men. This is hilarious. And the reason why this is hilarious is because of the Ben Shapiro WAP tweet where he said, my wife says that that WAP, if you Google Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, if you don't know what WAP is, it stands for wet ass. And um, and he said it, it's a medical Condition, And then everybody was like, well, it's a medical condition for your wife because she's having sex with you. <laughs> so so it was so that's what made it funny. But the, the fact that he trended for this reply, this reply gets a how would you grade this reply from one to a 100? Well, I think the part of it, the part of it that stands
1: out is it really seemed earnest for a second which kind of pulls you in and then it very much sneaks up on you i never want to be so well known that uh some somebody uh making a joke about uh, my, my private activities uh r- real or not causes me to trend worldwide number 1 on the same day that the
0: president of the united states gets impeached ralph p- come on bro like This podcast may may do that for you, so I don't know whether you want to reconsider. Because think about Ben Ben Shapiro had had humble beginnings, and we are humbly here, and there's a lot of people here, and so it's it's actually not that humble. I, I I would. Here's what I say. Here's what I say. If
1: I was gonna trend for anything that Ben Shapiro would trend for. I want it to be for the fact that my voice, a lot like his voice, oh, my really baby. sucks. Really sucks. <laughs> like, I I sound like Seth Rogen ate Ray Romano. He sounds like Jiminy Cricket hit puberty. We both have that in common that we still speak, we still use our voice, <laughs> uh, but maybe
0: may, maybe you know, uh, me, Ben Shapiro, and Pat Mahomes, all three of us, we we got to we got to form a club. Nice, nice. Uh the last thing up, we find out that Eric Benemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator, may not be getting a job this year. And it's because of he's part of the Andy Reid uh coaching tree. And I'm like, what the hell? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, Ron Rivera is on the tree. Sean McDermott is on there, and so is John Harbaugh. And I'm like, they keep moving the goalposts for black coaches. It's, oh, you got to be an offensive coordinator. Oh, well, you got to be a play caller. Okay, well, you done that. Oh, you got to be this. You got to be that. But then they'll either pull somebody, a loser, out of the scratch and dent bin, or they will come up with some new, oh, oh, we need to interview the freaking uh, Joe Brady. Who's, who was at LSU for a year or two, and then wasn't even a play caller. Goes to the Panthers. They're not a top offense, but now all of a sudden he's a head coaching candidate. But Eric Bieniemy, who's, who's literally jumped through every hoop that you've asked him to jump through. I I don't I. And, and then people were like, George, why do you keep bringing up race? What am I supposed to think it is? If if every player endorses him, because people are like, oh well, maybe he's just not head coach material. Yes, yeah, sometimes your complexion is your protection or your advantage in these situations and and it's come to the point now. If this doesn't happen, if he does not get hired. What else am I supposed to think, Ralph? What am what am I supposed cuz I want another solution because I don't like to blanketly say things are racist, but I don't have another resolution at this point in time. If there was something wrong with his character, would
1: he be qualified to continue to be the offensive coordinator of the most important offense in all of football. It can't be a character issue. He's welcome in that building. Yep. He's endorsed by everybody in that building. Um It can't be a performance issue. It certainly can't be a performance issue. And when you talk about uh relative to other people, his resume is as good as you could ever want. Yep. And so, um, There's only one thing, if you were to exclude race from the conversation, there's only one thing that could potentially count against him. And it's being the hot name for a prolonged period of time. Uh, If you remember uh, Chris Christie, I hate to bring it back to politics, but Chris Christie, everybody – knew that his like firebrand way of doing things and his way of speaking to people. uh, He was probably angling for a run at the presidency. It's kind of the same way that people feel about like Dan Crenshaw or Josh Hawley. Now Uh, maybe not so much Josh Hawley anymore, but like when you were the hot name for such a long time, it gives people a really, really long period of time to look for faults and flaws. And that is the only possible thing when racking my brain to figure out why Eric Bieniemy wouldn't be the next most important, most chew in hire to be a head coach in the NFL is thinking that so many people have said he needs to be a head coach next that all of the over vetting has taken place. That's oh. the only, and but I have to completely divorce myself from the reality of his skin color to even go down that road and have that thought process
0: okay but then they are interviewing Dallas Cowboys their last head coach who's Giants offensive coordinator interviewing him again all he's gonna do is stand on the sideline and clap
1: well Marvin (laughs) well look at Marvin Lewis Marvin Lewis has five interviews in the last two
0: years he's the token guy He's the token guy. He's the guy that they bring in because he will come because it's a fake interview for the Rooney Rule. I think that this year they there actually may be some real interest. But then how about Anthony Lynn? Anthony that- Lynn should be right back on that damn list. Like if, if, you, if you rehire Adam Gase, at least you got a winning coach, a guy who's taking a team to a playoffs, um, guided a young rookie quarterback to the best season ever. Like, come yeah. on. Like, it's it's unbelievable. And the fact that people keep trying to say, oh, the best man gets the job, when in reality, what The it best is, man
1: never gets a job. Best man never gets a job. It's subjective. The entire thing is subjective. Never in history have you given the best man the job because you don't even have a process by which to figure out who the best man is and even if you did it would be guessing because you can't factor in all of the possible things that happen in the future so you just have to make the best hire for your franchise to try to win long term and right now seemingly the best hire for any franchise would be the offensive coordinator of the team that is coming off of a super bowl completely dominated the nfl this year And probably is going to go back to back.
0: It's unbelievable. When you have – I always bring it back to this. 70% of the league is black. There should not be a quota on the amount of coaches. So many guys go into coaching. It's just crazy that you can't find black coach. They're like, oh, there's not enough candidates. Because you're not looking for them. I'm an Arizona (laughs) – I'm an Arizona State fan. And I watched –
1: I watched year over year of a pretty good offense – White offensive coordinators go and and get uh, head coaching jobs. Yep, Mike Norvell after like three four years as the the uh, the offensive coordinator of Arizona State, he gets he goes to Memphis. Billy Napier, right? Like it's just not you know they they did have one that uh, that got fired and then immediately got a wide receivers coach job at University of Miami. Chip Lindsey is a head coach right now. He spent yeah. one year as an Arizona State offensive coordinator, and so it's just when you see white candidates in in a position do one year of work and then get a head coaching job, and then you see black candidates in a in a position where everyone is calling for them to get a head coaching job, and they're not even really getting interviews. It's frustrating, man. And I and and I don't have the same literal skin in the game that you do, and I still don't understand.
0: Yeah, and it's frustrating because you want there to be like just the best man for the for the job. But the problem is this I don't want to call all all owners racist because I don't think they are. I think that they are giving the keys to a billion dollar multi-billion dollar franchise, and they're giving it to somebody who they relate to. Like somebody who they're like, oh, I can see that th- this could be my nephew, this could be my son, this could be my my, my son's friend, my next door neighbor's guy. You know what I mean, like he grew up the same way that I did, but coming from somebody maybe may be from an urban neighborhood, somebody's black, had a whole different experience. They may not feel that initial connection that would actually grow over time. But I think that you have to look at character. You have to look at recommendations. You have to look at all of that when you're looking at head coaching. And sometimes I think that that just gets passed over.
1: Yeah, and you really shouldn't be thinking about what you would want to see in a leadership position. You should be thinking about what the players want. Exactly. You should be thinking about what speaks to the players. Yep. What what they understand. And for you to continually pass over black candidates and hire white candidates, it it speaks for itself that you think black players need a white voice in order to maximize yeah, their potential. White,
0: yeah, I need a white savior to, to come save them. But um thank you guys. It is another edition of Right or Wrong in the books. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your energy. Make sure you download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Big new announcements coming up soon with me and Ralph. What's up? Make sure you remember your Bitcoin password. Oh my God. Yes, we will. We will talk about that on Friday, dude. $140 billion lost in Bitcoins. And Ralph has a interesting bitcoin story too so you guys don't want to miss that next episode on friday peace out catch you guys later